Several years ago, while at an estate sale with my mom, I peered into a box and saw what I thought was a box of old vintage fabrics. I was building a fabric stash at the time, and I was collecting vintage patterns and fabrics, so I was pretty excited about the find. But as I reached in to pull out the fabrics, I found that it wasn't a pile of fabrics after all. It was an entire quilt. The quilt top was large and dirty, but it wasn't just any other quilt. It was a hand-pieced yo-yo quilt with hundreds, I dare say thousands, of yo-yos on it. I remember just staring at it. I had tried my hand at yo-yo making a time or two, but I think the most I ever got to was ten or so before I had given up or gotten bored. So I fully understood the work that had gone into this quilt. This quilt had taken hours upon hours of hand-stitching by someone, a fellow quilter, and I didn't want the work to go to waste. So I took the quilt up to the front of the estate sale and told the woman who was selling it to keep this precious quilt. I tried to explain to her the hours someone had put into this quilt, but all I got was a blank stare and a shoulder shrug. She said she didn't know who had made it, and it wasn't important to her. In my heart, I knew someone had spent many, many precious hours on those yo-yos, and that quilt needed to be cherished and preserved. It needed to be rescued and loved. So I paid $30 for the king-size quilt and took it home, where I carefully hand-washed it and hung it outside to dry. I love that quilt. Each yo-yo is so special and unique. There are lots of vintage feed sack fabrics in there, pastel lilacs, pinks, and yellows with tiny, cute florals. There are bright 70s cottons with stripes and dots of every color and every other era in between. And the types of fabric in that quilt, they are pretty amazing too. Everything from 70s polyester to worn out corduroy to washed out denim to bright silks, as well as delicate cottons and linens. You name a fabric, it's in that quilt. And because there are so many scrappy fabrics, when you look closely at the quilt, it's not all pretty. It's mixed with many, many worn out clothes and other materials, along with some pretty bright fabrics that were obviously new and used only for this quilt. But when you get a bigger perspective, when you look at the bigger picture, that's when you see the real beauty in this amazing quilt. This is Elizabeth and Liz from Simple Simon and & Company, and you are listening to Stitched. Today's episode is sponsored by Babylock. The process of making a yo-yo, or a Suffolk puff if you're in the UK, is a piece of hand-quilting history. Each individual yo-yo starts out as a symmetrical circle that is hand-cut from a variety of fabrics. After each circle is cut, the quilter begins with a needle and thread. She starts by knotting one end of the thread and takes a solitary stitch to hold that thread in place. Then, working around the outer edge of the circle, a series of long running stitches are placed around the circumference until the quilter reaches that initial stitch with the knot where she first began. From that point, the thread is slowly pulled so that the outer edges of the circle now gather together to form a smaller circle shape in the middle and none of the backside of the fabric shows. It now resembles a three-dimensional tiny fabric rosette. One more final knot is put firmly into place to hold the shape and the yo-yo is complete. 
It's a hand-stitching process of genius. Turning circles of fabric into small little flowers that resemble another popular quilt pattern of the same era, the hexagons of grandmother's flower garden. Yo-yo quilts became very common in the 1920s, but really rose to fame in the U.S. during the 30s and 40s. They are said to have gained popularity alongside the yo-yo toy, which was introduced to the United States by a Filipino immigrant named Pedro Flores. The toy had been popular in the Philippines for over a hundred years, but was a new novelty in America. People love the wooden circle with the string wrapped around its middle that when pulled and thrown in a certain way, always came back. In 1928, a businessman named Donald Duncan bought the Filipino Yo-Yo Company and received a trademark for the name Yo-Yo in 1938. It is said to come from the Filipino words, come, come, and the rest is, well, Yo-Yo history. Today, the Duncan Company is still producing the Yo-Yos in the exact same shape as those from the 1920s, and the Yo-Yo has proven itself to be timeless. Sponsor of today's podcast is Baby Lock. Liz and I both sew, quilt, and search on Baby Lock machines, and we love them for so many reasons. One of them being when you purchase a Baby Lock, the relationship doesn't end there. Rather, it's just the beginning. When you become a member of the Baby Lock family, you'll have access to hundreds of educational tools and top notch customer support. With Baby Lock, you'll never be alone on your sewing journey. To learn more or find a Baby Lock retailer near you, visit babylock.com. Thanks again, Baby Lock, for making today's podcast possible. There are many reasons why yo-yo quilts were popular during the Depression era. First of all, these quilts were handy and portable. Women could take circles of fabric along with a needle and thread with them wherever they were and stitch up yo-yos as time permitted. They were also made out of readily available tiny scraps of fabric that would be too small for other purposes. Yo-yos were also a commonly hand-stitched item because once the process of making the fabric rosettes was mastered, even a child could do it. And so each yo-yo could become not only a useful piece in a quilt, but a sewing lesson as well. While many things such as fabric choice, scrap piecing, and hand-stitching are similar to other Depression-era quilting techniques, there are quite a few things that make yo-yo quilts different. Most of the yo-yo quilts at the time were not made with batting or backing. Instead, they were put together in what is known as an open weave. Here's how the open weave worked. Once the yo-yos were completed, they were sewn to one another in columns and rows with an open, lacy look in between. Once this open quilt top was assembled, it was simply tacked down in certain spots to another sheet of fabric to create a 3D coverlet instead of an actual quilt sandwich as we know quilts today. While many yo-yo quilts were patchwork with scrappy patterns and designs, others of this era were pieced together to resemble other popular quilt patterns of the time. For example, if many yo-yos were made up of the same color or fabrics, they could be arranged into quilt designs such as the wedding ring quilt top with concentric rings forming a pattern. Or another fun design that can be found shows the yo-yos laid into a lattice shape 
to create an Irish chain quilt pattern. In modern quilting, yo-yos can still be found. Because each yo-yo color can be varied, they are often used today in pointillism quilts. Quilts that use small dots of color in different patterns and shapes to create an overall larger image. One such modern pointillism quilt is a self-portrait entitled Grace that Chinese artist Xin He Chin made of herself by dyeing yo-yos in all shades of browns, greens, blues, and blacks to create a masterpiece. Yo-yos are not only used in quilting today, but can be found as embellishments on clothing, scrapwork dolls, pillow coverlets, and even Christmas tree ornaments. Many of the larger pattern companies have a variety of projects that are all made out of yo-yos. Everything from stuffed dogs, to purse embellishments, to toilet paper holders. Obviously, quilters today still love their yo-yos. I have often used the vintage yo-yo quilt during lessons while teaching women, old and young, because of the lessons that the quilt holds in its stitches. I start my talk off teaching them about how a yo-yo is made, the tedious process of running stitches going around each circle of fabric and then pulling them into the center to create that fabric rosette. I usually invite a couple of women to make one so they can too understand the process. Then I hold up that amazing quilt and show them all the yo-yos that were constructed in the making. And usually their eyes get wide. They now can understand the hours and hours of work that went into its making, just as I did when I first saw that quilt. And then I talk to them about each yo-yo, about how some fabrics are dark and dingy and were probably once a worn out pair of pants, and how others are bright and cheery and full of fun. I talk to them about life and how some days are dark and dreary and how we think life is never going to get any better and then how other days are bright and cheery and full of fun. But then I talk about how we need all kinds of fabrics in our lives, both the light and the dark, the good and the bad and everything in between because all together, those dark days or hours or minutes mixed in with those precious moments of bright joy becomes something wonderfully beautiful in this quilt of life. And then I cry usually when I tell them that this is what my life and the young women's lives are to become. A wonderful work of art, full of days just like all the sadness and joy of those yo-yos on that beautiful quilt. A life woven with good and bad days. But at the end, when we get a little further from it, we will be able to see the beautiful creation our lives have become. As many times as I have given this lesson to others, I think I have needed this reminder most of all as of late. Because of some circumstances outside my control, many days in the last few months have been some of the most taxing of my life. But interspersed in those dark days, if I have been open to look for them, have come bursts of joy, even if, but for a brief second. And I can remember that in the end, the worn out mixed with the bright can create a magical quilt indeed. For more stories, projects, and quilt tutorials, visit us over at www.simplesimonandco.com. There you can find a variety of quilting patterns, 
projects and tutorials. Thanks for listening, and if you have a minute, please leave us a comment or a review, especially if you're listening on iTunes. Not only do we love to hear from you, but your comments and reviews help new listeners find our podcast and help keep us on the air.